I had to. The night we're bringing Titus home from the hospital or whatever, I had, to, in order to get my wife and brand new child in the house, I had to fight off a gang of raccoons with a hose. <laughs> I'm not lying from my civic. I had to fight them back down into the rain gutters. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Debrief, a weekly Q&A show from your friends here at Sandals Church featuring the one, the only, Pastor Matt Brown. I'm your co-host today, the PRD, sitting across the table from our girl, Stephanie Schaefer. What's up, guys? I'm the co-host, co-host. Oh, I love You're that. You're assistant to the assistant regional manager. <laughs> yep. And uh, chief <laughs> of the head of pastoral department is... Maximus. Pontificus Maximus. <laughs> wow. If you went to church Pont- this weekend, Pontificus Maximus. Okay, fun story. Maximus Brown. I actually have a golden retriever. Well, my parents have him now because you don't get a dog at 21 because you can't take care of it. Right. I watched Gladiator two days before we got him. His name is Maximus. Yes. Maximus Keen. How sad that a dog gets a cool name like that. I know. Mm. Maximus. Well, I heard cool Max- Maximus isn't doing so great anymore. Is oh, no, Maximus true? is good. Oh, was, Maximus is good. It was our parents' other dog. Oh, no. Since mm. passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I didn't. It's okay. I, can I tell you something? I used to not be, I used to be like, what? People are sad about dogs. And then I've had a puppy for like a, a month. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you love dude, I'm, listen, I drive home from work listening to Sarah McLaughlin just to get in the mood to <laughs> snuggle my puppy. That's cool. <laughs> okay. Hello, friends. Man, this is such a cool, we kicked off our 40 Days of Faith series and the Momentum Project. It's mm-hmm. been really cool. I don't know if you know this. There's a gal. Her name's Amy W. She is in SoCal right now. Mm. She flew out here just to come. Yeah, from yeah. England. Yes, all the yeah. way from England to come come hang out. She went to our Palm Avenue campus last weekend. She's coming mm-hmm. to Hunter Park this weekend. So cool. Yeah, super excited. Super she tweeted awesome. me. And we've got the Momentum Project going. It's the perfect weekend to be here. It was a it was a awesome weekend as we shared about the Momentum Project, a pretty ambitious vision got for our church. But there was also uh, a horrible act of abuse that took place on stage when our lead pastor oh, yeah, yeah. pulled up. Uh, someone who does not want to be identified at this time due to incriminating things <laughs> and put him on stage with a yeah deadly creature. Which I watched him do that from Palm and thought, I think Justin's going to cry. Yeah, I, that's why we picked you, though. Yeah. It was horrible. That was a genuine reaction, and mm. I felt Could you, you feel the snakes moving at all? I think when you did it, they were like asleep. They were not moving all that yeah. much, but I could feel a snake body. And when Amanda, I also, when I know Amanda did not, it at 11.45, they were like going crazy. There's two of them in there. I, if, the, if, the, if they were actually moving, I'll tell you what, I would have handed you that backpack and run the heck out of here. Yeah, I, I, just, was, I didn't want you to hurt the snakes. I was I was yeah. so sweaty. Yeah. I miss being your assistant most days, but not not that yeah. day. Yeah. If you have not yet, go to Pastor Matt Brown's Instagram, <laughs> instagram.com slash Pastor Matt Brown. And look at the video of these snakes getting pulled out the backpack. Or don't, if yeah. you want to have a nice but day. That wasn't the only wild and crazy thing about the kickoff to yeah. the 40 Days of Faith. We had all kinds of fun. Yeah, so if you were at the fun 10, is in, 10 o'clock. Fun is in air quotes. Yeah, the 10 o'clock service at uh, Hunter Park. Um, I, you know, it just, man, I, we need to do a series called Social Cues or Social Clues. So, um, I'm co- good with couple, people if you need any help. Yeah, a couple things. Number one, if you're not invited to the stage, like through an invitation or a call, don't don't come to the stage because I would also say if you do get invited to the stage, maybe you, you might want to consider not oh, going yeah, up yeah, there yeah. Based, based on my own personal experience. Yeah, so we we just had a situation where somebody came up and um, wanted to see what was in the bag, which were snakes, which I would not have opened. Uh, that would have not have been good. We would have made the news, snake handling church. Um, but uh, and the reason I chose snakes is because it's ridiculous. But but people people who think you believe in God, they think that's ridiculous. That's why I picked something that's ridiculous. Why on earth would you do that? That's weird. That's what people <laughs> think about your faith. So w- we had that issue. Um, 
you know, we don't ever want to have an instance, you know, if you're bringing a friend, man, that's great. Talk to him, you know, hey, listen, if you have a cough attack, maybe go outside or sit in the back. If you have a screaming kid, you know, try out flip-flops. If you're not ready to do that, sit in the back. Um, if you're bringing somebody who maybe has some mental challenges, you need to, to, you know, try to help that situation. It's not good when security has to get involved. That's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. That is not a good thing. We, we don't ever want to do that. And, um, so, so just, just be aware, you know, it's not just about you. It's about all of us. And, um, it was really scary. I mean, what happened? I mean, my, my kid was scared. People were nervous. And I think the guy, the guy's intentions were good. Mm -hmm. Um, he just wanted to see what was in the bag. Yeah. So, but, um, you know, that, that's scary. And he was wearing sunglasses, which made me really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I wear my sunglasses in church so I can, so I can. Do you, you don't know that song? Yeah. I know the I know the newer version, not yeah. the original oh, version. Man. That's one of my favorite songs child. in the eighties. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think it's a one hit Police? wonder though. Or was it not no, the no, it's a one hit wonder. Oh. It was a great video though. Back when MTV used to have videos. <laughs> um, do you remember when the older lady jumped up on stage to lead worship alongside yeah. Bernard yeah. and Maria? Okay, that's not scary. If you're a little yeah. old lady, we can handle that. If you're a large male, <laughs> that's a problem. That wearing sunglasses, demanding something from the pastor, that's a little scary. I'll be honest, though. Bernard looked very uncomfortable. He was he was nervous. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're up on stage and yeah. people that aren't supposed to be there, it can be terrifying. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that one. That one That one was actually hilarious. <laughs> was yeah. So funny. So. People do strange things, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eh, church people. We're yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think it was the Jay-Z concert where somebody just recently tried to get on stage to Beyonce, oh, and yeah. he just got worked. Not so, and, you, know, you don't want that to happen at church, but it might have no. to happen. You know, we might have to have an example, Stephanie. No, <laughs> I'm a nine. We don't, we don't get into situations yeah. like yeah, that. Stephanie's yeah. just sitting in the back of the church going, <laughs> like, oh, oh. I hope that works out guys. Sorry. Yeah. Shouldn't have done that. Yeah. That Shouldn't was a bad idea that. guys. Well, we're going to talk about faith we because are. we're practicing faith for the next 40 days. We're moving forward. Uh, tomorrow, well, depending on when you get the show, we're, from when we're recording, tomorrow starts day one of our 40 days of faith and the prayer guide and the prayer journey. And we have a lot of questions about yeah. what it looks like to if have you want to be and practice faith. In that, how do you get it, Justin? Oh, that's right. If Listen, if you don't have the Sandal Search app, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's so, so cool. And starting tomorrow mm -hmm. is our daily prayer points. There's all kinds of good stuff in there for really mm -hmm. taking you along this journey beyond just the weekends, beyond even just in your groups. It's going to be really incredible. And if you're somebody that's Remember at the Debrief 100, we had somebody talk about devotionals and trying to connect with God. This is a really great way of trying to learn to build your own rhythms and your own habits of helping you get connected with God and praying some prayers. Mm. And what's so cool is as a whole church, we're all going to be reading and studying the same things every morning and praying the same prayers together as a church and uh, begging God to do some really cool things moving in our church. So download the Sandal Search app. Mm -hmm. uh, Android people, we got it for you, and it's even getting better. They're working on improvements to the Android one right now. So Right on. Yep, yep, yep. Thank Very you, smart cool. people. It's true. <laughs> Sandals Geek Squad. And thank you to people who just give and support Sandal Search so we can yeah. have somebody that makes an app for us. It's really helpful. That's right. Well, let's dive on into the questions. We got a lot of really great questions in about faith over the weekend. The first one actually came in on our Debrief Show Instagram. If you're not following us there, make yes. sure you check it out. You can also uh, send us questions in the messages. Um, so Molly wrote it and said, I was born and raised a Christian, but somewhere in my teens, I still believed, but wouldn't call myself a practicing Christian. Once I got to college, I struggled with the adjustment and I used God as my crutch. Being surrounded by so many theories and opinions, sometimes I find myself doubting my faith and feel really guilty after. Is this normal? And how do I gain confidence in my faith? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's normal because the first thing that happens uh, when you go to college is many, many people, uh, professors, not all, but most 
uh, have a hostile relationship towards Christianity, towards uh, specifically Christianity. I've never heard of uh, you know someone's uh, Islamic faith or um, I've not even heard of Judaism being attacked. It tends to be in America, Christian faith that's mm-hmm. ridiculed and made fun of or, or put down. Um, but again, Yes, I think it's it's normal, and we don't do a good job, I think, of of helping young people tackle these questions before they go off to school. And there, there's a person that's much older, much wiser, that's really in a, a disproportionately unfair position intellectually. And if you are a professor, you know, my best professors when I was in college, I think, made me think. And one of the things that I thought about was what's their position. They were so good at at arguing both sides. And that's one of the things I think that's killing our uh, educational uh, systems is there's only one side now. And so free speech is being killed at colleges and universities. And that's just tragic. Um, you know, you, you need to have alternative point of views. And, and that's just so important. And you can't shout down somebody else's point of view. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening is, is faith is being shouted down many, many times. And so you need to learn to wrestle through these arguments. So the first thing I would say is listen to the person who's telling you that your faith is ridiculous. Listen to their arguments. Do they have a point? Most of them don't. Most of them don't. Here's what it comes down to. If you're a young person, you really, really, really want to do what you want to do. So if there's a God in heaven who says, that some of the things that you really, really want to do are sin, that's going to be difficult. You're not going to want to believe that. So then you're left with the opportunity to just believe that you can do whatever you want to do and look at the world, look at the results. Look at what happens when you follow your heart and you jump into bed with anybody and everybody. Look at all the disease, the unwanted pregnancies, the div- you know the divorces, the abortions. Look at everything that happens from people who just you know um, do what they want to do. It's so amazing to me that in our country, you know, everybody thinks we should be socialists now, which is, you know, the sharing of all goods when, you know, Christianity has argued for voluntarily sharing of mm-hmm. goods for those who are in need. That's stupid, but having a government entity to do it, that's good, which, you know, historically not good when the government takes everything from you. Uh, but it is a good thing when, um, you know, Christians voluntarily, you know, give up. And so that's another thing, right? So these same people that are so against, you know, the church and Christianity, right? I don't force anyone to give. Everyone here has the opportunity to give. We're trying to raise 10 million bucks. Mm-hmm. Give as the Lord leads. What if the IRS did that? What, what, <laughs> if, what if the IRS, what if the government said, you just pay taxes as you feel led, but they don't say that. So that's the thing that's so amazing to me. On the one hand, they just completely put down our faith, what we believe, the money that we raised, the ridiculousness of all the things that we do. And yet it's all voluntary. Mm-hmm. It's all people being led by God to give, uh, and and that's just the reality. And on in the other fairness, hand, there are some pastors out there who are kind of sleazy about this stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like the the professorial thing where they take it taking advantage of people with yeah, their, from the position of power to get money. Yeah, and so what they're promising people is, I mean, they're basically the the, the prosperity preachers. They're promising like the, the the lottery version of the Lord, right? If you put this in, your chances of of hitting it big are going <laughs> to increase. And, and and the reality is, man, the gospel is about, shoot, we kind of just went way out here. The gospel is about learning to be satisfied with where you are, not envious of where you're not. So, Oh, you um, beat me to it. I was yeah. going to yeah. tweet you on that and, one. And, and nobody wants, nobody wants, I mean, the secret of life, Paul says, is contentment. Mm-hmm. That's the secret. So Philippians 4.13, I've learned that I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. He's not talking about running a marathon. He's talking about being contentment. So I can be content. Uh, in my marriage right now because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can be content in being single right now because I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. I can be content right now because I don't have my dream job and I'm working a job I don't like because 
I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about doing hard things. He's talking about playing the long game. So here's what I would say about faith is um, God's going to meet you as you trust him. That's the reality. So what you have to do is, because what I think a mistake a lot of us make is we go, God, prove, prove yourself to me. Well, what did God do today? The sun came up, the earth is still spinning. There's still air. Like God has provided so mm-hmm. many incredible things of which science has no answers for. They have no idea why all of this stuff is the way that it is. It is, it is incredibly ridiculous to assume that random chance created life. That is asinine. Um, what's the really smart guy in the wheelchair that died this last year? Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking actually moved away from this concept toward the end of his life because he realized how ridiculous it was that life came from nothing. And so he he, he began to slightly suggest, and because this sounds crazy that, you know, alien life is where it came from. And the problem, you know, the problem with that is, well, where did they come from, right? You still have to come back to, there is a sovereign, uh, divine, intelligent being, something great, something grand, an architect that has created all of this. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we call that God. And he has made himself known uh, to the Jewish people first, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, through the prophets, to, through everything. He's explained why the world is the way it is, how he's going to redeem it. And he's going to do that through his son, Jesus Christ. That, that's what we believe. Um, now, having said this, what's her name? Uh, Molly. Molly. Here's what I would say to you, Molly. Live your life the way all of these people are living. You're going to be bitter, angry, upset, anxious. Your, your life is going to be wrecked. I can tell you, I am solid because my faith in God is solid. Mm-hmm. So my, man, my, I have a better life. I'm not, I'm not a super rich guy. You know, you don't see me on all the magazines, you know, at, at the grocery store. I'm super happy. I love my life. You know, I live in a, a town where most people never heard of, you know, I, I describe uh, Riverside as just east of Disneyland when I'm, <laughs> or, when I'm around the world. And then people are kind of like, okay, yeah, you know, maybe they know where that is. Mm-hmm. And Disneyland's, you know, just uh, south of Los Angeles. So mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. And so that's what I would say is you need to grow in your faith. And the problem is you're where you are now because you haven't been growing in your faith. Mm-hmm. So remember the, the verse, let your roots, your roots, <laughs> your roots grow deep into him. So that's the Colossians passage that we talked about this week. Let, let your roots grow deep into him and he is going to bless your life but you have to build your life upon him. And faith starts simply with the act of believing, believing that God exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So I'm gonna trust God and I'm going to start living for God. So what does God say? And I'm gonna start taking these little steps and I'm gonna start trusting him in my everyday life. Your friends, that maybe they're trusting their professors. Some of them are trusting themselves. Some of them are trusting some, you know, um, television host or whatever else. And so, you know, I, I don't know. Do you watch Joe Rogan, the podcast? I've seen it. Uh, okay, so, some so there's a really, really famous one that just came out this week where he had Elon Musk. Uh, yeah. It's been said that he's the smartest American and I don't know how long, incredibly brilliant and his life is unraveling. So here you have this guy who, who knows more than anyone else and yet doesn't seem to know the meaning of life or the purpose of life. And he's a disaster. And I would just say it's because he lacks faith. He doesn't know God. He knows a lot but he doesn't know God. And what I said this week is faith is not having all the answers, which is what most people think it is. Mm -hmm. It's having the only answer that matters. And so I'm going to trust in that. I'm going to believe in that. I'm going to rest in that. And when I do, I'm going to be okay. But look at these people, these powerful people, look at these wealthy people, look at the famous people, look at all of that, look at their lives as it unravels and go, okay, I can learn from them. Mm -hmm. I can learn. That's what the wise person does. A wise person learns from the mistakes of others. The fool does the same thing, but expects a different result. 
And so look at that and just say, okay, God, I'm gonna be happy in who you've made me. I'm gonna be happy in serving you. I'm gonna be happy in building your uh, mission, not my own mission, not my own dream, not my own vision. I'm gonna follow you, God. And and that's what I would say. So I think it's normal. Um, yeah, it sounds I, like she also feels really guilty for doubting at all. Can you talk about that? Like, is it wrong to doubt? No, no, no. I mean, so Rick Warren says this, uh, doubt your doubts and believe your beliefs. And I, and I think that's that's a great thing. I think we all have doubts and just know this. One of the things that C.S. Lewis says as he became a Christian is he said, atheists have doubts too. Mm. They're just not as real about it. And so he was a prominent atheist in the early 20th century and he started doubting. Mm -hmm. He started doubting his doubts and he's like, oh my gosh. And he came to the conclusion that God is the best answer. And then as he evaluated the world's great religions, Islam, Hinduism, uh, Christianity, and Buddhism, Christ stands over and above everybody else. There's no, there's no moral authority like that. There's certainly no one that, that claims to have come back from the dead. And so he became a Christian and talks about how that ultimately transformed and changed his life. So um, don't be afraid to read. There are great thinkers uh, there are Christian professors at your school and your university that might not just be as outspoken as uh, the ones who are against it. And, um, you know, it's easier to tear down Christianity than it is to live a life of Christianity. And so uh, you just need to choose to do that. So I would just say, yeah, we all struggle. We all struggle with our beliefs. We all struggle in our faith from time to time. But know this, as you continue to grow up in him and trust God in the little things and see God come through, you're going to believe on a deeper level. But that means you can't just like believe. You have to read the scriptures. Okay, faith and the Bible go hand in hand, Yeah. right? Your Bible is your guidebook to faith. And so a lot of people say, I have my faith, but they haven't read their Bible. They haven't been to church. The reality is they're not exercising their faith. And just like anything that you don't exercise, it weakens. So the way we exercise our faith is by reading our Bibles, going to church, being community group, praying. You know, we exercise spiritual disciplines and we do that. And, uh, and, and we will grow in our faith. And so here's the thing, don't feel guilty because oftentimes it is the testing of our faith that actually grows it. And so we're gonna get into that in two weeks when we look at Jesus being tested by the devil. It actually grows his faith and his dependence upon God. And so, um, you know, again, bring your guilt to God and, and, just, and just be honest about it. Yeah, I'm struggling. So be specific. Where are you struggling? What are you struggling about? And, um, you know, th that's what I would say. Any thoughts from you two? You know, I, I actually went through a fairly substantial like faith challenge over the last year or two or so. And one of the things that I did that I think is like we said was to take it seriously. You know, I actually listened to a lot of audiobooks and stuff from the leading atheists and things like that because I wanted to say, okay, what what's the what are the best arguments out there right, right. now? Mm -hmm. And it gave me a context for approaching my faith and stuff. And then when you say like well, you just said that faith's being stronger. Man, oh man, oh man, like my relationship with God, my faith, and all those other things is so much better right. and stronger than it is right now because it it literally, I mean, it got tested, which is scary too when you're on staff at a church, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was getting really tested, mm -hmm. um, and but it's it's just so strong right now. And I'm, I'm yeah, anyways, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. What I would say is our faith is just like our emotions. It changes. Mm -hmm. And so we have to learn that. And sometimes what we're not having is a crisis of faith like Elijah. We need a nap and a muffin. Mm -hmm. That's the reality. So we are, we live in physical bodies. And when we get stressed out, oftentimes that affects our faith. Yeah. And, um, and again, let me say this. Um, a lot of times people lack faith. I was just in a conversation with a, a Christian that should know better. They've made multiple decisions that put them in a situation where they're stressing out when what they should have done was listen to wise counsel adjust their life. And now what they're doing is they're hoping for a Hail Mary from God to fix 
their lack of wisdom. And I see that over and over and over again. You know, I, I, I hear dumb Christians say all the time, well, God has a plan. Yes, his plan was for you to listen to wise people. <laughs> That's his plan. But I see, I see Christians all the time. Well, God just has a plan. Yeah, it's for you to not be stupid. Mm. That's his plan. And so I'm not saying she's that way. I'm just saying, God is not your get out of jail free card. And that's what a lot of people think it is. And oh, if I don't get out of jail, then you know uh, I'm gonna be mad at God because of my decisions. There are consequences for our decisions. Every decision impacts you know, your destiny. And so you, you've, got, you've got to be aware of that. So um, make sure that you're not setting God up. And that, that, that's what I see over and over again is I've made these choices. Now I want God to circumvent my choice and, and, and fix it all. Mm-hmm. And so the problem is oftentimes the way that God grows our faith is not by instantaneously fixing all of our stupid decisions, but he walks with us as we one by one make wiser, smarter decisions based upon God's word, God's wisdom and God's truth. And let me tell you, that's why I am where I am today. You know, a lot of people, you know, when they want to be negative, well, you have it easy or you do this or you do that. And they want to put me down. It's I've been following God day by day month by month, you know, year by year for the last 24 years. Um, and God has blessed it. He's blessed that. You know, I'm not the richest. I, I'm not some super big time celebrity. I'm none of those things, but I'm very, very happy. I'm very, very secure and I'm, and I'm okay because I've trusted God even when I don't understand things. And again, go back to that sentence that seemed to underwhelm everyone that I thought was powerful is, faith is not having all the answers, it's having the only answer that matters. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, God is in control, so I'm going to be stronger as I submit myself more and more to his control. And one of the ways that I do that is I listen to wisdom. And also, let me say this, part of walking with God is not God telling you all the answers. So, um, you know, when you're raising your kids, you, you raise your kids, you know, you're just starting out, you're in the middle, you know, I'm almost done, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you, you have to raise your kids to be able to think on their own. And so our father in heaven is a good father. So he doesn't just want us to get the get all the answers from him, turn left, turn right, do this, do that. What he wants us to do is know him, know his principles, learn his truths, and then be able to make good decisions based upon those morals, principles, and truths. That's what he wants us to do. That's what the Bible says. God's will is that we we may know his will and what we ought to do. Mm-hmm. So we got, we got to figure that out. And the way we figure that out is slowly by trusting him step by step, day by day, month by month. I don't know why I keep skipping week by week, but <laughs> but I do, I did. So so that's what I would say is baby steps. Start off baby steps, start mm-hmm. off with little steps. Um, and, and I believe God will be there for you. But what you can't do is completely neglect God and then, and then hope for the Hail Mary. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, I, it always makes me sad when the first time the church is called is when somebody has stage four cancer or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they're going through a divorce. They, they've never sought spiritual mm-hmm. wisdom before. They've never sought spiritual counsel before. They've never prayed. They've never been active in church. And now all of a sudden, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it this way. A lot a lot of people want to, like last night I watched uh, Monday Night Football and, and, and these athletes are just incredible. But imagine you know, you, you you never ever play football, you never ever lift a weight, you don't exercise, you don't eat right, and then all of a sudden you're thrown into the Super Bowl, the biggest game of the year. You know what? You're in trouble because you didn't prepare, you didn't plan, you didn't work. And that's that's what I see most people with their disasters is all of a sudden, you know, life is really, really bad. Like some of the things that you're going through, you know, mm-hmm. in your family with, mm-hmm. with your dad's health. If you have no faith, that's a train wreck. Yeah. If you haven't been trusting God, man, mm-hmm. that's unbearable. Mm-hmm. Um, that's impossible to deal with. And so what we need to do is we need to trust God every step of the way. Now, here's the good news. 
crisis, terrible things, that's an opportunity for people to begin faith. But man, you know, God forbid I ever lose one of my kids or my wife. I'm still blessed to have my mom and dad. You know, if I lose one of them, man, the good news is I, I've got about 25 years of faith of walking with God that's gonna help me manage that horrific pain and just that awful, awful time. And a lot of people don't have that, so. That was an awesome question, Molly. Thank you, Thank for, you for your writing honesty, in. Yeah. Here's Cassie. She says, how do you reignite your faith during or after a season of spiritual darkness? I just graduated from college and I'm experiencing a season of spiritual stagnation where I can't see or feel God and I don't feel like he's here at all. I just don't know what to do or where to go. Yeah, I mean, part of that, I would say again, is we tend to put everything off on God. She just graduated, graduated from college. It's a natural period of questioning. Mm-hmm. Right, she's in a natural period of who am I now? Where am I going now? I'm not sure who I am, what I'm done. I mean, so the easy thing about school is you don't have to think, right? You just you just have to like follow the steps, study this, do that. Like everything is, I don't mean you don't have to think. You don't have to think about like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. It's laid out for you and you either choose to do it or, or not. Life oftentimes is not that way. Mm-hmm. So uh, what I would say, is she's probably going through a little depression, a little questioning. And oftentimes it's it's... Our spiritual health is dictated by our emotional and and mental well-being. And so what I would just say is you need to give yourself some grace, Mm -hmm. take a step back. Uh, God is still there. He does not move. um, And trust him in this process of waiting and questioning. And and, and the truth is none of of us like to wait. None of us like to Mm -hmm. question. But oftentimes it's that period uh, of time. And that's why we've chosen 40 days of faith. It's over a period of time. And and for some of us, it's going to be more than, you know, 40 days for the Israelites, it was 40 years. Mm-hmm. All the unfaithful had to die off so the next generation can come up and take the land. So we, we have to trust God during this period. Say, okay, God, I'm gonna trust you. I know you're there. I believe in that. And I'm gonna walk with you through this. Yeah, well, and I know like right when I got out of college was I think probably one of the most significant times that I doubted my faith. Like I remember driving home from some college group meeting and thinking like, what if this all just isn't real and freaking out and mm-hmm. like doubting everything and like really having to work through that. And I think a lot of it is that season of life where everything just changed for you. Like you've been in school your whole life and now all of a sudden you're out on your own. There's not that structure. And I tell people all the time, like the first few years after college, I feel like are some of the hardest of your life. Mm-hmm. I, and I would say maybe also having a newborn is some of the hardest years yeah. of your life. But um, yeah, I just- Life's I feel, hard. Yeah, life's hard. <laughs> um, but I feel for you, Cassie, like I remember those years after college. I doubted my faith in new ways because everything was different. Everything changed and it wasn't at all what I thought it was gonna be. But as you, yeah, I kept making just little choices to keep sticking with it, to talk to people about it to try not to feel super guilty for doubting my faith. And you eventually will work through it. Your faith will come back and it won't feel the same. I think that was what I expected too. It was like, oh, well, I always felt this way when I went to church. I always felt this way when we would have times of worship. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just don't feel it. You're tired, right. you're stressed out. Life is not what you thought it was gonna be. But just because you don't feel faith the same way, or you don't feel God the same way, it doesn't mean he's not there. Your faith is lacking. It just means right. you're changing. Yeah, and you know, you've heard me say it before, follow your faith, not your emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of us tend to connect with God emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wow, that was a powerful sermon or, you know, I cried. And so that means God was there. Yeah. Uh, maybe I just poked an emotion. Mm-hmm. God is always there, but just that particular message poked an emotion. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't your spirit that was awakened. It was an emotional pain, an emotional hurt. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, God began to work on you to heal that. That Just because you didn't get poked in a sermon doesn't mean that God wasn't present. Mm-hmm. Um, like I felt God very, very present this weekend. Um, so, you know, again, everybody's going to doubt, you know, um, I remember, oh gosh, what was it? it? It was really embarrassing to admit, but that was about maybe 
I think seven years ago, I had an angel appear to me in the middle of the night and it was, it was terrifying, absolutely terrifying. And um, it, what was so embarrassing about that is as I unpacked that, I felt like I doubted my faith more than I, I had in like a decade. Like, I mean, like, right, I heard from God, he, he appeared, he spoke. It was terrifying, it was powerful, it was amazing. Um, you know, and, and, and now I'm doubting after I saw, I'm like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? And, uh, and that's one of the lies that we believe is seeing is believing. And, and here's, here's part of growing up an adult is unpacking all the lies that you believed. Like, don't, don't you remember when you're a kid? Oh, when I'm in high school, I'm gonna be so with it. And then you're in high school, you're like, wait a minute, I don't look anything like those actors. <laughs> or when I'm in college, then I'm an adult. Or when I get married, yeah. or when I have a kid, or when I'm 30, or when I'm 40. And what you realize is, man, life is challenging. Mm-hmm. It's challenging all the way. And let me say this specifically, if it's new, it's hard. That's mm-hmm. just the reality. It's it's just new is hard. I don't care what it is, man, because we can all adapt to kind of, you know, some things. Mm-hmm. But if it's something new, man, that just rattles us. And oh my gosh, where's God? Well, mm-hmm. what happened is life changed. And, um, you know, I remember when I was in seminary, I started seminary, which if you don't know what seminary is, it's master's degree for pastor school. I started seminary single, renting a room from somebody. <laughs> I even had my own place. I had, I had a car and uh, the professor, the, the next year I'm married. Uh, I have a kid on the way. We have two dogs, a mortgage, a car payment. You know, I, and my professor's just laughing at me and I'm, I'm it's because I was drowning. Yeah. Well, that's a lot to take on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, that, that's what I would say, you know, young marriage, you don't need a dog. What you need to do is figure out how to be married. You need to figure out how to be a wife, how figure out how to be a husband. You know, you need to figure out how, how to go to work nine to five and not go crazy, mm-hmm. right? You need to you need to figure out this new rhythm in life. And eventually you'll figure it out and you'll be able to do it. But new is always hard every oh, single yeah. time, every single time. You know, I like this phrase. I love the wording Cassie said, reignite your faith. And it made me think, because we, we I built a fire pit in our backyard and our family hangs out there a lot. We built it last summer. And you know, just because I have a fire going there, I can't come back and expect to, the fire to keep going if right. I haven't been maintaining it. You know, if mm-hmm. I want to get the fire going again, I've got to do some work and, um, you know, grab more logs, get the fire starter, all that stuff. I can't just throw another log and expect fire to keep coming. So one of the things I was thinking for Cassie, you know, perfect timing with 40 days of faith. Like, personally, I'm doing a food fast thing over the next 40 mm-hmm. days, starting tomorrow, day one. In addition to the prayer stuff in the app, I'm doing some really specific food fasting uh, in 10 day chunks over that. And part of that is to get a, even a physiological reset to help with um, the spiritual experience of this thing. You know, uh, I can't just expect mm-hmm. that. So, so I think even doing something different to intent, like if she's saying faith is stagnated or the mm-hmm. fire went out or whatever, don't just expect that continuing to go to church without doing anything different in your life is going to mm-hmm. fix that problem. Right? Yeah, you and have I, to do something different. Yeah. And I think that's a general uh, misconception in life. Like I hear us all the time. Oh, we grew apart. Well, it's because you weren't intentional about growing together. Right. Mm-hmm. And so just like love, you can be, you can be deeply in love with a person and then fall out of love because you didn't stoke the fire. Yeah. And so what that means is you have to be intentional. You, you know, at first you don't have to be intentional. You have all the tinglys, you know, it's new, it's fresh. Well, you have to, you have to make time for that. You have to invest in your marriage, you know, you go to a, 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 dy- a dynamic marriage class or a marriage small group, you know, you, you need to learn to reinvest and reconnect. And, um, you know, it's always funny, you know, Tammy and I, we've been raising kids now for the last, you know, 22 years. And it's always funny when we just get away and it's just us. You're like, oh yeah, I like you. I like you too. Oh yeah. Okay. You know, and we, and we, and we work that out and that, and that's a lot of fun, but man, it's really easy to, to not take that time. 
um, you know, or to fight over what you should do to relax. You know, my wife likes the mountains. I like Hawaii. Well, what I like is a happy wife. So let's go to the mountains and have a great time. So you, you just got to do that because what I care about, what I care more, uh, geez, well, I can't speak English. You care about more? <laughs> more than anything is my relationship with my wife. So yeah. that's more important than my hobby. That's more important than what it, she's more important than all of that stuff. So I'm going to pursue that. And man, that really excites a wife when a husband is, look, I'm, I want to be about you. Um, yeah, I just took your advice. I, I just texted Lindy, can't wait to come home and stoke your fire. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to trying to do. That was good. That was yeah, good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, so Tyler and I were actually talking after your message and he had a question he wanted to get in. He says, when dealing with faith, I have no problem having faith in God. It's people God has put in place that I have a hard time having faith in. How can I start working toward having faith in people, especially people in leadership? Yeah. So when I held up the bag and I told you guys there's a snake in it, you, you know, now I know some people say, well, you're funny. We thought you were, you're doing a joke. But what I said was, I'm telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. I am not lying. Mm-hmm. There is a snake in this bag. And so I, I actually forgot, uh, somebody reminded me when I did this 10 years ago, I actually showed uh, the snakes to Becca Bogenwright before mm-hmm. and I had her in the audience. Mm-hmm. And I said, Becca Bogenwright, I showed you beforehand and she stood up and gave a testimony. Mm-hmm. Yes, what Pastor Matt is saying is true. And the reason I did that is right, that's that's how we trust God. We, we have eyewitness accounts. They were there, they saw, they wrote it down. That's why we have our faith. And it demonstrates how hard that is to believe. And so what I would say is, is Matt Brown trustworthy? Is he credible? What has he done for the last 20 years, right? You have to look at my character. You have to look at my life. Like you don't just randomly trust people. You trust people based upon who they are and who they've been. And that's why trusting God in the little things is so important so that when it's later, you can trust him in the big things. And that's a problem. You know, so so many people of our church, you know, don't give financially because they struggle trusting. I'm not gonna have enough money. And so they never trust God a little bit and so then, man, when it comes to a big thing, like you have cancer, you lost your job, you got a sick kid, you got a dead kid, you're going through a divorce, man, they're com- they're completely unprepared because they haven't trusted God in the little things. And um, I, I just think that's essential. Can I say, this, this is actually my favorite thing about the debrief that we do here is, like, I, I think it's such a great way for people to get to know you and trust you specifically. Mm-hmm. So let's say you have a, if you got a friend or maybe somebody in your community group or whatever that's struggling with that, Listening to the debrief, I think is one of the best things, right? Because yeah. anytime you hear a pastor, church leader, whatever, politician, they're getting up on stage in front of them. If there's a microphone in front of their face, like they've prepared and thought about what they're going to say and they're in control. But right now we're firing questions at yeah, you. Yeah. You're responding. It's such a good way to just get to know you personally. Mm-hmm. So if you got somebody in your, I'm not trying to like yeah. suck up here or whatever. I'm just gen- being genuine. If you have somebody in your life and they're struggling, trying to connect in um, and trust leadership, this is a... Good resource. Yeah, and I think the way to trust people is over time. You yeah, know, it, it's over time, and totally. um, I, I just think that's really, really important. You know, especially like who watches your kids. Who you know, who do you entrust your your children to? Who you know, what guys do you allow around your wife? Right. I mean, you you, you got to be. I mean, or your gals around your husband. Yeah. You got you got to be careful. I mean, who the character matters, and and mm-hmm. character is important. Not everybody who says they speak for God does speak for God. And so, uh, you know, like in your husband's situation, I know he was hurt in church and it wasn't handled well. I mean, that happens a lot. Um, and, and let me just say this, sometimes good people just make bad decisions. I've seen that over and over and over again. Uh, we were just talking about a situation with you and, and, and a mm-hmm. church that you're familiar with where they're, they're good people, but they just can't, yeah. they can't make a good decision if we paid them. Yeah. And that's just the reality. And, and that's why a lot of these churches are struggling the way they are. You got a bunch of good people, but they just don't, they don't know what a good decision looks like. And they have a hard time 
And, and sometimes it's just simply because it's new. Yeah, new good decisions are new. Yeah. And I'm going to need you to trust me on this. There's a phrase I heard where they say, don't attribute to malice what could otherwise be explained by incompetence. Yeah. So basically, mm-hmm. don't assume somebody's doing something intentionally to hurt you if you could assume that they're just being foolish. Yeah. So, yeah. So like, you know, like what's happened in the Catholic Church, you know, um, right. the Catholic Church is in desperate need of leadership. Desperate need of leadership. I mean, there's some perverts. That's just the reality. And they're... They've infiltrated the Catholic Church. Now, th- th- there's there's probably literally thousands of great men of God and women of God who've served faithfully, who've been great, right? And they deserve all the credit. Where they don't deserve the credit is that those people need to unify and deal with this poison that has impacted and affected the church. And and let me just say this, you know, Sandals is not immune to this. We, we have predators that come to our church. I've seen them. They're mm-hmm. drawn to the church. Um, I don't. I can't figure out if it's because there's a part of them that wants to get well or if it's just a great field to pick on. Mm-hmm. And so uh, either way, we have to run them off. And and um, and just so you know, if you ever hear somebody that's been kicked out of sandals, I'm gonna tell you that that happens very rarely. And it's usually because they're dangerous. Mm-hmm. They, they were a wolf in our church. And my job as the chief shepherd is to protect them. And so what wolves tend to do is not take responsibility for what they've done, mm-hmm. but they blame the shepherd. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not my fault. The shepherd beat me out of the church. Well, you were gonna eat the sheep. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that, that's, or you were eating, them. yeah, or you were eating the sheep. And so, um, you know, you and I've been in meetings together with someone that was very dangerous from the church and went, left our meeting and went and told everybody how terrible we were mm-hmm. when that it was not the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were trying to extend love, but protect the sheep. And so, um, so just find a good, healthy church. And I, I wish, <laughs> I wish there were more healthy churches out there. there there's just men, unfortunately, if you don't have the vision of being real, how are you going to be real about the fact that you're unhealthy? Mm. Mm. I, I don't know. Um, I, I just I just don't know how a church is going to make it if they can't get real because Jesus isn't gonna fix something that you're not real about. Um, so that's just the reality. So there's a lot of unhealth out there. And um, you know, it's not just about getting people saved. It's about helping people be healed. The word sozo in Greek means healed and saved. It's both. We want to save them and we want to heal them. We don't just want them to walk forward and give their life to Christ. We want them to actually give their life to Christ. Mm-hmm. And for that to happen, their brokenness needs to be dealt with. And, um, you know, we need to help people unpack, you know, the wounds that have been done to them, the things that have happened to them, because it, it hurts. It does. It maligns and, and, and it destroys. And so, um, you know, like for your husband, I'm honored that he trusts me. Um, part of that, though, is because of your relationship with me. Mm-hmm. You, how long have you worked for me? Uh, six years. Six years. You even living with me for a stint. Yeah. Not long, but yeah, right. Like, so you like, you saw behind the, what, what's the, what's <laughs> the old the smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Behind the curtain. So she's seen behind the curtain. She's seen what Tammy and I are like, how my kids relate to each other. Like you've seen the real deal, you know, I'm sure you've seen me grumpy and, and sinful. Um, no, you yeah, don't have to be you. at your house to see that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, but you've seen that, okay. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like if I sin or I blow it, I'm going to confess it and I'm mm-hmm. going to say, I'm sorry. And I'm going to try to. Uh, make it work because in my theology, I understand that I'm a sinner and and from time to time that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I need to repent. <laughs> I need to make it right. And I need to move forward. And a lot of pastors act like they're Jesus and they're not. Mm-hmm. I'm not. We, we're supposed to worship him. And uh, a lot of guys want to be worshiped. And that is that that's the greatest sin in the, in the pulpit today amongst church leaders is pride. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. man, it's just, it's tragic. It's tragic. And so, you know, the Bible says pride comes before a fall. 
and and that's what happens. It can't happen to me, never me. I'm not doing that, and boom, they go down. So mm. it's just terrible. Mm. Missy so thank has, you, Tyler. Sorry. Yeah, totally, totally. Okay, so Missy said, I feel like I have a firm foundation when it comes to my faith, but I often find myself struggling to trust God completely and submit fully to him. What are some tips you have for trusting God no matter what? Okay, so here's what I would say. Faith is like bungee jumping. Nobody does that anymore. But here's here's what I believed about bungee jumping. I thought once I did it once or twice, it wouldn't be scary. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I thought. Well, I was gravely disappointed. Mm-hmm. It was terrifying every time because your brain is like, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is stupid. Some dude that you don't even know, you know, he probably smoked a joint before he, <laughs> he, he, he strapped on your, you know, your things, you know, I mean, right. Th- 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 this guy's got to do calculus, figure out your weight, the amount of rope. I can't you know? believe you've been bungee jumping. Oh yeah. I was an idiot in the nineties. So <laughs> it was terrifying, man. Every time. Have you been skydiving? No. Yeah, I did that and it was... Uh. Yeah. So my friend, my friend went skydiving and, um, he is actually, he's, he's been my, one of my best friends since elementary school. And so we were going to do it and we were talking up and he did it. And he did the thing where you train and you get to jump out by yourself. Oh mm-hmm. no, no, So he no. jumped out by himself and his chute didn't open. <gasps> and so he did had, do his funeral. No, he was in communication with the guy in the ground mm-hmm. and he heard the guy in the ground. He didn't say he's the guy in the ground said, Oh crap. That's not what he said. Oh no, no. But so his chute didn't open. And so he had to, the guy had to talk him into twisting and doing something to getting it to open. Nope. And nope, so nope, he nope. paid for two jumps, never did the second jump. No. And I was like, when he told me that, I was like, I am never doing that. Mm-mm. So we had a guy at our church also who was an instructor out yeah, at Lake remember, Elsinore, remember him? Yeah. And he, every week, come on, Pastor Matt, I'll take all the pastors, all the pastors. He even took us out to that fake thing where you float <laughs> in the air. <laughs> Do you remember what happened to him? No, no. Yeah, so he fell. <gasps> yeah, he, he bounced off the ground 40 feet. Yeah. I went to see him in the hospital. He was literally black and blue on a whole half of his body. Like he lived, but he like, he like ruptured his spleen, uh, bruised his liver, no. punctured one lung. Like, uh-uh. like it was bad. Oh my he was God. the instructor. Yeah. I was like, dude, you are not, you're not increasing my faith. So, um, and all that happened to him was there was a little gust of wind and he was only about 60 feet from the ground. So he didn't fall that far, mm-hmm. but 60 feet. That's far enough. That's yeah. six stories. So, okay, back to the question. I got you lost me with yeah. Bunch of uh, how do we? You're gonna have to. I'm. I'm yeah. in a whole other world. What are some tips for trusting God no matter what? Thank so you. she says she feels like she has a firm foundation, but she has trouble actually trusting God. Yeah, sure. Because you're human. You're a sinner. Go bungee That's jumping. Really? Yeah. No, don't go bungee jumping. So what I would say is trust God in this process. Say God, I'm gonna trust you financially for 40 days. What do you want me to give? Let's see what happens. This is a tangible way to trust God. Mm-hmm. I'm trusting God. I'm. Do you guys realize I'm asking for $10 million that I don't have? Mm-hmm. Well, minus what Tammy and I are going to give. <laughs> but right, what we're giving doesn't move the needle a whole <laughs> a whole lot towards $10 million. Um, That It's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. Now, I got to tell you, our church has been great. Everybody I've shared this with has been great. Man, people are excited. I, I just bought my juice uh, at Nectar this morning mm-hmm. and the gal behind the counter is like, Pastor Matt, I'm so excited. You know, and she's working at a juice store, mm-hmm. you know, and she's like, this is exciting. And, I, and I'm, I'm pumped up for that. So, so that's exciting. I mean, if everybody does their part, if every, if everybody has a little bit of faith, we'll go over 10 million. Mm-hmm. We'll go over 10 million. There's that many people that go to Sandals Church. The problem is it's hard to have faith. So, 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 so do this a little bit. Um, so what I would say is look at the areas where you doubt, where you doubt God the most and try to trust him in those things. So it's in your singleness, in your sex life, in your finances. Um, you know, what, it, what? where are the areas where you want to trust God the most and start writing those things down and say, God, I'm going to trust you in these things. If I could go back again 20 years ago, 
I would have journaled. Yeah. And what I would have done is, as I would have journaled all my areas of fear and just written how God answered all of those things. You know, the building that we're buying? The Woodcrest building? The Woodcrest building, I prayed for 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So everybody out there who feels like God doesn't answer, for 10 years I prayed. Um, we sat in meetings where, you know, with the leadership of the Woodcrest campus and they just knew we were supposed to go to this building or that building or buy this land. And I just, no, no, I just, I just believed. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Because if you know, it's not faith, but I believed. And uh, even when, you know, the pastor of that church told me, there's no way this is ever happening. We are never selling to you. Not now, not ever, I ain't selling. That's what he said. Well, we own it. Mm -hmm. We bought it. So I've seen God do that. I've seen God come through in in just miraculous ways, trusting God. And, And let me say this, trust God in the areas of his mission. That's where you need to trust him, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's what God's doing. God's not all about just your life. He's all about his mission. And the more you step into fulfilling his mission, the more your faith is gonna grow. The problem is we want God to grow our faith as we do our thing. God wants us to grow our faith while we do his thing. Mm -hmm. And that's where so many people are wrong is, you know, um, God, I just want you to bless what I wanna do. Mm -hmm. My marriage, my family, my kids, you know, like God's got a lot of kids. It's called the kingdom of God. Mm. Like I'm a citizen in the kingdom of God and I, and I gotta be a part of that. So um, I think, give me the question again. What are some tips you have for trusting God no matter what? I love that last tip. Of yeah. Make, like, yeah, make a list, yourself. make a list yeah. and hold yourself accountable to not losing the list, mm-hmm. forgetting the list and just start journaling about whether or not those things are happening mm-hmm. and write them down because God, God will answer that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and again, um, like the woman who was so upset with me this weekend in the lobby yelling at me, it's every every prayer is answered, yes, no, or wait. Mm-hmm. Now we don't like no, but no is an answer. Mm-hmm. Yes, no, or wait. And um, with the Woodcrest building, it was wait, wait. And now man, we're ready and we're gonna be there. And now we have a church that's able to raise the money to do that, mm-hmm. to expand East Valley, to uh, purchase uh, the, the second half of Moreno Valley. So we're able to do those things. You know, I, that list thing is so cool. And I think the idea of doing that with people is really great too. Like if, you have a, if you're in a small group or you started a group for 40 Days of Faith or you've got some close friends, like I've been praying some really specific prayers um, uh, the last several weeks with some friends and things. And it's so cool to see God answering those. In, mm-hmm. we, and we've been praying in them for each other and stuff like that. And it's, it's increasing all of our faith, you know, not just um, my own faith. So like finding out what your friends can do and doing this journey not alone is so yeah. huge. Yeah, so, um, you know, again, the Bible says we're not supposed to test God. There's one exception. Malachi chapter three, God says, test me in this, bring the tithe into my house and see what I will do. Mm-hmm. So one of the ways that we are allowed as Christians to test God is with our finances. That's a great way to test God. Um, and, uh, and because God knows, God knows how scary it is when we don't have enough resources to take apart what we have and give it to him. And, um, and that's what we're doing in this, you know, uh, momentum project is we're saying, God, we're gonna trust you in this and this is gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just a great, this is a great way. Um, and again, we're gonna see, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't know what's gonna, I have no idea what's gonna happen, but we're gonna see what God's gonna do. Can I share a story I've never shared publicly that's like just about faith? Yeah. And, 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 and as long as God it's appropriate for yeah, the I children. Think, yeah. I think it is. Yeah, uh, you know, so Lindy and I, I mean, we've always given, we've given a lot of money to the building campaigns, you know, 2000, all the way through here. We, we support missionaries, all those kinds of things. 
Um, for our little family, we go on Disneyland vacations at the summer and we just, we don't do other vacations and it's just easy with the kids because we already have passes and then get two nights. Mm -hmm. Two, two summers ago, um, not this summer, but last summer, we had taken an anniversary trip and we just were looking at the budget and we realized we couldn't go and it made us both sad. And Lindy and I were standing in our kitchen. You were in our community group. Mm -hmm. We were standing in our kitchen one night and we just prayed. We were like, God, we love doing this. It's great for our family. If there's any way we could do this, could you, could you help us out? The very next day, I got uh, a contract with that came with a check that totally covered this Disneyland oh, vacation. Wow. That's cool. And the thing that blew me, we didn't ask God for more money to give to the Santa Church building. We didn't ask God to give more for more money to give to the missionaries. We asked to go to a Disneyland vacation, which right. we've been to Disneyland hundreds of times. Mm -hmm. It just was, anyways. It just was like we prayed this so specifically, so innocently, and that doesn't always happen. I'm not saying that, uh, but it was one of those things where getting that out there, vocalizing mm -hmm. it gave God an opportunity to, to do something cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, that that's just essential um, to trusting God in the little things so mm -hmm. that God will, will will do great things. And, um, um, you know, there's a bicycle in my office. You guys are yeah. in my office. Oh, yeah, and that's, that. that's Well, I, I might want to use that for this okay, series. Okay, all right, good. So, um, but there's Ooh. a bicycle in my office. People that, get ready. Jesus yeah, is coming. You, you, have, you have no idea. So people always wonder, why is there a a 25-year-old bicycle <laughs> yeah. hanging in your office. It's because it's it's a trophy of faith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's that God cares. He cares even about Disneyland. Exactly. Mm -hmm. He cares about the hearts of his children and he wants to speak to them. Uh, and, he, and he loves, our God loves to look for ways to show that he's a good dad. Totally. Right? Like, think, just think about that. Like, dad, he, your dad in heaven just wants to show you, like, I know you've had a crappy life. I know things have not gone your way, but I'm a good dad and I love you. Mm -hmm. we, you know what? So, so my boys, they switched out of private school into public school this year. And this weekend, it was Sunday night. We're sitting on the couch um, watching some movie at the end of the thing. And then Boaz goes, oh, I forgot to tell you. And he runs to his room. And he got, he turns out he was star student of the week, got honored in front of his whole school and everything on Friday. And I was like, what? The, why didn't you tell me this? Because now that yeah. I know this, we're celebrating. Like, you're getting yeah. some Lego and some yeah. ice cream. Yeah. Like, Good job, son. So, man, make sure that you're telling these things to God, too. Yeah. One, like, what are the things that you care about? Like, so that, anyways, sorry. Yeah, man. I mean, pour your heart out to God, but pray mm -hmm. specifically. Pray specifically. And, uh, you know, I will use the bicycle story in, in, in this series because it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I told my wife I want to be buried with that bike. You know, it's just, awesome. it's just, it's just, a, it's just something that will be with me for the rest of my life. And, uh, and God spoke powerfully to me as a young man, mm -hmm. um, because the truth is God doesn't just love Lindy and doesn't just love Justin. He loves your kids. Mm -hmm. He loves your kids, right? That's the cry of a dad's heart, man. I want I want to provide for my kids. And so God said, you got it. Boom. You absolutely got it. And, um, and there's going to, there's going to be checks and God's going to do things. And so here's what I'm praying for all of our listeners through this year. I'm praying for bonuses unexpected checks, you know, mm -hmm. unexpected opportunities to speak and grow and do things, you know, like um, I, I just got asked to speak at Cal Baptist Chapel. You mm -hmm. know, they pay thousands of dollars to do that yeah. now. It's not money that I was counting. All that money's going straight to, you know, this this campaign. You want to see if they need anybody to ask you questions? Yes. They could, <laughs> yeah. I could do that. They pay five bucks for that. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and let me yeah. say this, not to minimize five bucks, 10 bucks, man, it all matters. Exactly. It all matters. Oh yeah, for sure. And I love like bringing people in on that with you. Like I remember one of my hardest things to do faith was, was to tell people like, Oh, I'm praying and asking God for this because I was so afraid that God would answer. And then both God and I would look foolish somehow, yeah. mm -hmm. but it's so cool to be on this other side. And like, even with you, like you and I talking about my journey of singleness and telling you like, Oh, I would love to get married. Like it's yeah. scary to say like, Oh, I'm praying and asking God for this. But like now we both get to celebrate like and mm -hmm. seeing God answer that prayer. Yeah. And so it's just, I love like bringing people in on that, bringing people in on the things that you're asking God to do, because then that's more people that get to celebrate what God's done. And that's more people getting to grow in their faith. 
as you've stepped out and trusted God. So yeah. I just love that part too. Yeah, okay, absolutely. we absolutely have to answer Nina's question here coming out of this conversation we've just had. And this will close our show. Last question. Nina says, when I think about my faith, my struggle is not believing in the existence of God, but in my ability to trust him. I know Brett, she's talking about Pastor Brett Ryan, who joined us here the last couple of weeks. I know Pastor Brett mentioned that we relate to God based on our parental relationships. Things were messed up with my mom and I've never known my dad. I see clearly where there are weaknesses in my relationship with God and how I trust him to protect me, love me, and give me grace. How do believers with those struggles that stem from the dynamics of their child-parent relationships learn to see God through a different lens and trust him with greater faith? Right. So, you know, there's two types of abuse, you know, that I think really impacts and affects our relationship with God. Number one is... Uh, we, we don't hear words of love. Like, I love you. I'm proud of you. Um, I'm so glad I'm your dad. I'm your mom. So if your dad's not present, right, you don't hear those words. Uh, the second aspect is words that are liars. You know, so a lot of times, you know, parents are liars. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do that. And they don't follow through. And so what I would encourage Nina to do and all of us to do is to just really research some scriptures where God talks about how he feels about you. Mm. I love you. You know, mm-hmm. I care for you. I sent my son to die for you on the cross, man. Um, right? You, you need to know those words. Uh, Romans chapter eight, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. Not height, not depth, nor things to come, not demons, angels. There's nothing in all creation that can separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus. Like there's just beautiful, beautiful verses about that. Um, next, start mem- memorizing the promises. Every time you read through your Bible, and that's why if you see the word promise, write it down, circle it, and never forget. This is a promise. God, mm-hmm. God keeps his word. He never lies. He's always true. And so those are the two things you need to hear from your father in heaven, how he feels about you and his promises for you. And uh, and again, that's that's what faith says. Um, you know, even if Stephanie never got married and was single for the rest of her life, she's going to be intimately, spiritually, and emotionally fulfilled on the day of the return of Christ. All her needs would have been met in him, all of them, mm-hmm. all of them. Uh, that's why Jesus says singleness is better because you're trusting me and in the end, you're gonna receive a greater reward. Um, you know, there's that passage in Revelation that talks about those who have abstained from women um, are, are going to receive a special reward. I forgot what chapter it is in Revelation. Stephanie will look it up. Yeah. But um, um, that's just so important. So th- that's what I would say. And just know that... Um, your parents were not following God. They were not trusting God. They, they were not in that. And so just know that you want to learn about your father so that you can be, kind, be the mother. You can be the father that, that you want to be for your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just so, so important. Um, that's one of the things, you know, that my wife is always amazed at, at the confidence level of our girls mm-hmm. because they were not raised uh, the way that Tammy was raised. They don't have some of the baggage that she has because we've raised them differently. Mm-hmm they've never felt like we're going to leave them or they've never been abandoned. I've not struggled with addiction. They were not exposed to, uh, you know, uh, molestation, right? They, they, they don't have those things. And um, it's just been so amazing to watch the fruit of um, loving our kids the way that God loves them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's the motivation, not that I want to be different, but I want to love you the way that God loves you, right? God is always faithful. God is always truthful. God tells you what you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's how much God loves us. God is willing for us to walk away. Uh, even, you know, God is willing to tell us the truth, even if that means we walk away. Mm-hmm. We don't have, none of us have relationships like that or, or, or very few of us have that friend that will just say what we need to hear so desperately mm-hmm. 
because, and they won't say it because they know we'll break up with them, whether it's a husband, a wife, a friend or whatever, God is willing to offend so that ultimately he can love. Yeah. That's what God wants to do in our lives is, uh, and that's the offensive nature of God's love is he's willing to speak into the depths of our pain and our heartache and our hurt. And the reality is just, man, um, it's harder to trust God when you've not had a mom and dad who have been trustworthy. Yeah, um, It's harder to trust God when you've been to church or you've had a church leader who is not trustworthy. Um, that's just the reality, but God is good. Mm-hmm. James says, every good and pure, perfect gift comes from God above. Mm-hmm. Everything good in your life comes from God. And so just remind yourself of that. And I'm sure that James, you know, the, the half-brother of Jesus, he had some bitterness towards Christ. You know, James' uh, his nickname ultimately was James the Wise. So here's this brilliant, outstanding kid. So think about it. He would have been the kid everybody talks about, right? He would have been the outstanding student. He would have been, man, you're not gonna be a carpenter's son. You're gonna really do some <laughs> things in life. But your older brother's Jesus, man. I mean, that's just, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's just, it's, what, what's that spoof, that British spoof about the half-brother of Jesus? Oh. The life according to- yeah. Oh, oh man, gosh. I forget his name. Brian. Brian, Life of Brian. Life of Brian. Hey, we got there at the yeah, same time. The yeah, job, Life of Brian. <laughs> and if so you, it's just a stupid movie about one of Jesus' half-brothers who just doesn't do anything with his life. But think about the pressure mm-hmm. to have your older brother be the son of God. You know, I mean, you're like, oh my gosh. Totally. So, um, you know, that that's what I would say for you. What was the last part of her question? Um, she says, how do believers with those struggles that stem from the dynamics of their child-parent relationship learn to see God through a different lens and trust Him with greater faith? Yeah, so what I would say is just always know that you're coming at God with a broken perspective. Never forget that. Mm-hmm. Never, ever forget that. So one of the ways that you know the devil is going to destroy your relationship with God is he's gonna cloud your vision. And so, right, so Jesus says, you know, pray that your eye may not become dark because if it becomes dark, it clouds everything that you see. And so if I'm coming to God um, with cloudy vision, I, I need God to give me sight. I need to be able to see him for who he is. And this is why so many millennials are running away from the church. They've had a bad encounter with church leadership. And, and, and let me be honest, most millennials have not had a bad encounter with the church. The church is just an easy person to pick on. It just is, right? Mm-hmm. No, no name an environment, you know, it's like picking on Donald Trump. Like that's easy. Like even, even, even if you're in a room full of people that love Trump, you know, and have a make America great hat again, they're probably not going to say something, you know, they're just going to be like, whatever. And that's how Christians are. So I feel like the, the church, and I'm not comparing Donald Trump to the church. So just, you know, hold, hold yourself there if you're all our Democrats who just puked. So, um, or, or all the Republicans who just give a hearty amen. Um, <laughs> What, what I'm saying is, is, is the church is, is easy. It's an easy target because it's full of people. Mm-hmm. Like think about how easy it is to pick on Sandals. Sandals has like 15,000 people. Surely there are idiots among <laughs> us, right? Surely. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just easier. And um, there are more dysfunctional people, more hurtful people. So just, just know that, that the church is an easy target, um, but you got to press through that. You got to press through your hurt. Man, my wife's hurt me. Mm-hmm. Probably more than any person in my adult life. Um, you know, I felt rejected, unloved, unheard, unseen, all of those things. And yet, if I just give into those feelings, I've missed out on the greatest love romance of my life. Mm-hmm. And so that, that, that's what I would say is so many people are missing out on love because they can't push through the hurt. And, um, you know, uh, just know, you know, I, a couple of weeks ago, I said on Twitter, you know, Jesus is calling you to come back even if you've been hurt by the church. And, and, and people... You know, people label the church like it's this organized, unified entity, 
Yeah. I, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. It's like, a bunch of people. It's a bunch of people. <laughs> so find a group of people that are loving and mm-hmm. kind and, and care for you and can help you heal. Don't lose your faith because of some idiot. Mm-hmm. Don't lose your faith because somebody hurt you or wounded you. You know, it broke my heart when um, I was watching this woman say she cries every time she hears the name of God because her priest molested her. And dude, your priest was not God. Mm-hmm. What she should be doing is crying every time she hears the word devil because that's who he really represented. Mm-hmm. Forget the uniform. Like, forget the uniform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not what he was. He was a wolf. Um, he was pretending to be something he wasn't. And, and we need to remember that, that um, there are wolves even in the pulpits. I mean, e- even preaching. And, you know, just be so careful who you follow, who you trust. That's why longevity matters. Um, pastors are dysfunctional, you know, as well. Um, you know, I would never go to a church unless the pastor was reluctant at being the pastor. You know, anybody who wants to do that scares the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's okay. So yeah. what's, what's so tweaked in you that you need to stand up on stage and tell people what to do. And that, that's what I see. I, I mm-hmm. see a lot of people that just love telling other people what to do. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, my wife, you know, has a lot of wants. She's always like, you should tell them. I'm, like, I'm not, I'm, not gonna say <laughs> I'm just, like, so, um, well, the, the very last thing that Nina had said was how do believers with those struggles deal with this? You know, I'm so much luckier than you, Nina. Like I had fantastic parents who loved me and eventually my dad became a Christian and loved God. Um, but I had to work through these things and I got to preach two times in 2017, once in January and once in November. I'll tell you what, the January one is, is basically me talking about how the vision of being real helped me process and get past the stuff with my mom. And the November one is basically how the vision of being real helped me process and get through the stuff with my dad. Neither one of them were trying to hurt me or whatever those things, but maybe those can be an encouragement for you. And then we'll also put in the show notes some verses. I love some of the verses when she talked about the the, the messed up relationship with her mom. I love some of the verses that talk about God as like the mother hand and the doing mm-hmm. those things. Yeah. They can just be really uh, encouraging. So we'll put some of those in the show notes for you to yeah, look at sure. as well. Yeah, and just know that God is both the mother and the fa- father that we always wanted. He's mm-hmm. both. Exactly. So you got to remember Genesis one twenty seven. God created them in his image, male and female, he mm-hmm. created them. So there's something about the male aspect and the female aspect that represents God, mm-hmm. uh, right? And we need the firm, clear, strong dad, and we need the loving, nurturing mother who helps us in our woundedness, right? We need mm-hmm. both, and God is both. Yeah. So. And I would say too, like just think processing through this as like a brand new parent too, and realizing the pressure of, oh my gosh, my daughter is going to learn who God is through the way that I parent her. Like I've already had moments of having to pray and ask God, like, please change me. Like, Mm. please make me who you want me to be. Like the beginning few weeks of being a mom were really rough. Like I had some depression in there Mm -hmm. and I did not feel that like motherly, like affection for my baby those first few weeks. And I remember praying and begging God, like, please like grow my affection for my child because I want her to know that she's loved and she's treasured. And she's the best thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And like, I watched God change me. Like I watched mm-hmm. God change my heart. So if you're maybe a parent freaking out, like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to ruin my kids. I'm going to ruin their relationship with God. Like you can pray and ask God to make you more like him. Um, and I think he'll answer that prayer and yeah. want, cause he loves your kids mm-hmm. and wants to change you. So I don't know. I feel like there's probably some parents. I have some friends who are like, Oh, my kid's personality and their relationship with God's going to be set in the first like few years of their life. Mm. What like that's terrifying. But know mm. that like God will answer your prayer to yeah. change who you are to make you a better parent for your kids. Mm-hmm. 
this is a good show. There's going to be a lot in the show notes, uh, which is it's debrief.show slash 119. I like that because the longest psalm is 119. Yes. That's true. It's a very, very long one. So it's um, spiritually appropriate what wow. we just did there. Good job. Listen, if you're somebody who just listens to the debrief, we love that. But you got to get some context for what we've been talking about. Make sure that you're checking out the 40 Days of the Faith series. It's so great. I loved the sermon this last weekend. Mm-hmm, me too. Um, I did not like getting called up on Snake or on stage with snakes. Snake duty. But I, I did love the rest of the sermon. Um, I buy uh, organic, non-GMO bananas. I don't really know. That's why. <laughs> we pay too yeah. much money for our There'll bananas. be a link to this That's message and yeah, all that context all that in the show notes, too. Exactly, exactly. Hey, we love you guys. Thank you so much for when you support uh, The Debrief and Sandals Church. You can do that by texting Give Debrief to 951-900-4120, or since you downloaded the Sandals Church app before, you can just do it right in there. We yeah. really appreciate it. More information about the Momento Project, how you can give to the stuff that Pastor Matt was just talking about before mm-hmm. will be coming out online. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can head over to sandalschurch.tv to get more info about that if you're not somebody who attends here on the weekends. That was so fun. Yeah, it was good I want to go home and watch Monty Python now. Yes. Nope. Or actually, you know what? Sex. I haven't watched Gladiator. Do you? By the way, okay, speaking of the Gladiator, I had planned <laughs> on taking Lindy... We'd been kind of hanging out, hadn't held hands, any of those things. I took her to the Getty Museum in mm-hmm. Los Angeles on December 30th, 2005. I'm getting ready to ask her to be my girlfriend. Like, will you officially be my girlfriend? And we spent the whole day, we're looking out over the, and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And I'm freaking out. We get back in the car, we're heading home, and I'm like, I got an hour to make this happen. I popped in the Gladiator soundtrack. Yes. And by track three, I'd asked this girl, and we were holding hands. How does work. she feel about listening to the Gladiator soundtrack, though? You know what? You know why we had to get married? She had the Gladiator soundtrack. Two things. Oh, Lindy, wow. Lindy, separately for me, owned uh, Dr. Dre's Chronic 2001 and uh, the Gladiator soundtrack. And I just was like, what? What is up with this woman? Yes. That's I'm a great go soundtrack. Home and, I'm going to go home and stoke the fires. 